Hey everybody, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher by looking up Free Ball and Football Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at at Ball and Podcast for our daily NFL thoughts. And check out the great NFL blog, doorfliesopen.com for our weekly posts and a lot of great other content. Enjoy the show. Time to go old school on this shit. I'ma swerve on him. Yeah. Hey, right. blessed. Welcome now back, Jeff Pop. We missed you guys last week, but you know what it is? It's Super Bowl mm-hmm. week. I am mm-hmm. so pumped. I'm getting excited. Uh, free ball and football podcast here for you. The run up to the Super Bowl. It's Tuesday night. We got the crew with us. Say hello, Bill. Yo, what's up? Welcome back, everybody. Josh is here. Are... We're coming to you live, but not from Radio Row, maybe next year. And Tim. Yeah, uh, if we get credentials, hopefully we don't lose them like Bleacher Report. We just have to make sure we don't stay in the sit-in outside of Park Avenue. Yeah. I, th- was, I think it was Barstool. Was that Barstool? Yeah, it was Barstool. Barstool. Oh. But oh. PFT Commenter got in. PFT Commenter gets into anything. And everything, That's true. for that matter. It's not like Barstool's a major player in like the internet sports bullshit demographic that we're trying to tap or anything. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at the risk of sounding like a hater, um, does anybody here actually read Barstool outside of New England? I don't think so. I don't read it. I think it's I I, it's it. like exclusively like a New England thing. I feel like. No, it used to be. Now it's like I mean they've they've branched out a lot. I used to read a lot more. Uh, I thought it was a lot better like a couple years ago, but you know. No, are you a Barstool hipster? My barstool what? Are you a barstool hipster? Better a couple of years ago? Before everybody liked uh, Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they're, they're very much like uh, PBR and Natty Bo. It was much better uh, before everybody decided that it was back in. Well, Natty Bo literally wasn't back in because anybody before anybody decided it was back in because it was a conscious branding decision. So they're literally... <laughs> but your point is taken. Barstool Sports, you are the PBR of uh, what, what, what would you call what would you call this uh, that, that mar- this market then? I guess <laughs> sports infotainment. Sports infotainment. I like it. There we go. It's very <laughs> close to sports entertainment, and I really like that. You guys all know that. Um, anyway, so I can only imagine uh, that uh, the the folks over at Barstool are, are are crying to themselves over the fact that they don't that they don't get to uh, fillet Tom Brady uh, over the over the course of this uh, this week running up to the Super Bowl. But hey, guys, it's that time. So uh, uh, there's a lot of storylines going on going on. I think that you know it's we should probably should like address some of these things before we really get into analyzing the game or anything like that. So uh, where do we want to start? Uh, a lot of stuff like that, you know, invariably the week leading up to the Super Bowl, there's nothing to cover. Uh, everybody knows what's going on. Uh, two teams are, are, are ready to go. And all these sports networks retread every single possible storyline and they just troll and dig for any sort of little uh, dingleberry of uh, of interest that they possibly can um is there anything that's actually caught your guys' eye like i mean anything that's yeah. been entertaining before to you get, before we get into it can we can we name can we name this award or whatever we call this the the ray lewis storyline of the super bowl year uh in, in my opinion no other player or figure 
has had the pre-Super Bowl week impact that Ray has had both with uh, in 2000 where the storyline was, hey, you allegedly killed two guys a year ago exactly, and now you're here playing in the game. How do you feel? To closing out his career with the infamous deer antler spray uh, non-story. So I, I feel like no one has had an impact on the pre-Super Bowl week bullshit drama quite like uh, Ray Ray. I don't know about that. Uh, when you allegedly kill someone that's a real fucking story if you ask me so i i i'm gonna shoot that one down i think um the, the deer antler spray you got a point there but like allegedly killing somebody that's that's not a super bowl non-story that's a that's a legitimate story more ray lewis scumbag breaking news yes yeah, so definitely scumbag my, my my favorite my favorite thing that i saw today and it I don't know if anything's going to come of it or if it's going to blow up bigger than it is, but kind of hat tip the dead spin. Going off of the whole like player safety angle, some as part as part of one of the concussion lawsuits, I got some documents and emails between um, high level Falcons brass, uh, you know, where where became public record, and apparently the Falcons were just pumping their players full of full of painkillers, like. Orders of magnitude beyond what even other NFL teams were doing, Jesus. which is kind of harrowing to think about. Did they, uh, did they name names? Julio Johnson. <laughs> uh, well, he's he's on his horse testosterone <laughs> for his cock. Emails. The prof was on these emails. It was, it was like high up guys. Damn. Um. Be interesting we'll, to see, see. we'll see what comes of that. that. I mean, again, that sounds like another kind of like legitimate story, though. Like, uh, like that, that's like one, that's like one of those like real like bullshit stories, like that you know that the media is trying to like engineer into something and, and trying to talk about. Oh, well, he's trying to to win the Super Bowl for you know his uh, one time when he was in uh, grade school. There was a kid that he knew that uh, got hit by a car once. You know what I mean? Shit like that. I don't know. Yeah. But Falcons, though, it seems like they've had a lot of the drama. Uh, what about what about Devontae Freeman uh, and his uh, happiness or lack thereof with his current contract? What a time to bring that up, huh? So, so I I want to speak on that because I think that it's almost certainly just his agent uh, riling that up. I don't think that he gave her the the go ahead to to really like use the Super Bowl week as a way to, uh, you know, try to strong arm the, the Falcons or bring it, you know, bring it out in the media. So I think that's much more on his agent. I mean, this isn't the first time that that's occurred. Uh, but regardless, I agree that it's a bad look and it's an unfortunate storyline when as long as he didn't, you know, want his agent to bring it up, uh, now he's having to answer questions about his contract when he's really just trying to prepare for the biggest game of his life. Meh. I don't know, man. I, like, didn't Flacco do this too? Like, or that was a big storyline when Flacco was a free agent, or he's going to be a free agent heading into the Super Bowl, and all they talked about was, oh, he's betting on himself. I mean, I don't think that it's it's that big of a deal for the agent, whether or not it was with uh, Freeman's permission or not, uh, to go out there and try to leverage the situation, especially uh, given the the level of attention that they're going to get um, this this week, especially. Um, I don't that I don't doesn't really bother me if you ask me. Uh, I just think that's uh, that's an agent playing uh, the the best card that they have and understanding that, I mean, 
the dude isn't even making a million bucks a year, right? Like, like what's he getting paid? Like, he's getting paid like almost like practice salary money. No, I would but say he's that- also. But 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 here's the other thing is that he hears significant footsteps right behind him, and really this year beside him. Oh no doubt with, with Tevin Coleman, and I think that this is this is a smart move uh, for him financially, to, or at least for for his agent to do uh, to try to to try to get the money uh, because right now he went from being you know, a workhorse back to part of a two-headed monster, arguably, I would say inarguably, the best tandem in the league. Uh, But whether they win or lose, you have – the Atlanta Falcons have two really, really good running backs, and they could very easily say, fuck you to one of them and not pay them and just roll with the one and and ride ride them until they fall. I mean well, that's that's no but doubt, but you could. They you gotta... both got banged up though. Like neither of those guys are notoriously healthy. Oh, for sure. Like I, mean, I definitely agree with that. Running her and mouth the... like increase his value. Like like everybody has seen what he's put on tape. Like like no shit, he's underpaid. Like any any rookie who's not a first or maybe a second rounder who turns out to be a star player is underpaid. Like that's not exactly like a surprise or like a startling revelation, you know? Yeah. But to Bill's point though, um, he's not, I mean, he's got footsteps in his own backfield, right? Like he, he's part of a two headed monster there. Uh, who's to say that the, that the long play here, or maybe the, uh, the thought process here isn't let, Hey, you know what? Maybe he's not going to get paid by Atlanta, but maybe he'll, he'll get that Brock Osweiler money or some, some or the running back equivalent from, uh, some other desperate franchise that, uh, that would like to pony up and pay him. I mean, you got to remember that he was downgraded this year. By by his own team, like he was a monster last year, came into the season as the workhorse and got downgraded to a timeshare with Tevin Coleman. Now, obviously, it's been very successful for them. They're in the Super Bowl, so it works out. But at the same time, yeah, you say like, all right, like the team's doing really well, but like you gotta get yours. And he's definitely. You said he's making under a million a year. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean that that's preposterous even if he's in a timeshare. You know, like he's got to go he he has to go get his. Like I don't really have a problem with it uh that his agent saying it. I just think that if it wasn't if it wasn't directed by him, uh then he is not prepared to answer the questions he has to answer about it. And I think that's really unfortunate if that's the case uh because he's likely uh in in that instance he's he's likely just trying to focus on trying to win the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah. Whatever. Regardless, let the man get his money. Those careers are so short, especially for yeah. a position like running back. Like, use the platform, use the bully pulpit of the Super Bowl to get paid. Because, you know, the more and more we see, the more these guys really need that money and need to be smart with it. Ding, ding, up. ding. I, I support sure. that. I support that. All right. Uh, next topic. Um, what about our boy Raj? What's What's up with him? He's been pretty quiet, right? Yeah, so he is, so he's gone to Atlanta twice in the playoffs. Uh, he has avoided New England. Uh, in any other year with any other team, he would have gone to Atlanta one week, and then the championship week he would have gone to the other one. And 
He didn't do that because, quite frankly, he is scared to death of the New England crowd, of Robert Kraft, and the idea that he may have to hoist the Lombardi Trophy to a (laughs) drunken, high-off cocaine, (laughs) painkillers, whatever, uh, Robert Kraft, and then the following day, in all likelihood, if the Patriots win, he'd have to give the MVP trophy to Tom Brady. He's scared. It's infuriating. And like, I mean, honestly, like it, it infuriates me that this is the, that this is the scenario that we're all in because this should be a time when we can all come together and enjoy rooting for one cause and one team, particularly in these dire political times when we're being ripped <laughs> apart. They're like, we need something to bring us together, and that should be rooting against the Patriots. But <laughs> but at the end of the day, if we root against the Patriots, then that also means de facto that we're rooting for Roger Goodell to yeah, win uh, as opposed to rooting for the Patriots and watching Roger Goodell squirm like the bitch he is. Yeah, but it's, it's very it's very upsetting. Already lost. There, Roger Goodell is not a winner in any sense of the word, and don't try and use that as an excuse to root for the Patriots. My well, my not. conspiracy theory, my conspiracy theory counterpoint as, as to why um, he went to Atlanta. It was the last game in the Superdome. It was supposed to be the last game in the Superdome in the divisional round. Goodell had the fix in for Dallas, so he was planning on going to Jerry World championship weekend uh oh, i've heard this yes i agree but then the refs the ref, the refs didn't give the cowboys that one extra call that they needed to uh prevent the mvp <laughs> from taking that game over and, and and then that's why goodell was in atlanta next week to make doubly sure that uh aaron Rodgers didn't advance to the super bowl he had to put his personal touch on that one <laughs> for real though guys if if the Patriots win, and we all know we're rooting against that, but Brady or Kraft or Belichick, one of these guys needs to man up and actually say something to Goodell. I don't have faith that any of them will, but this is their platform to say something. Otherwise, they need to be quiet about, we're sticking it to the man, we got dicked over. Like, Don't bring it up again if you're not going to say something directly on that post. Well, and and I totally agree. And, and, and the closest and either of the three of them has come, or have come is is Kraft and Kraft has said uh, my relationship with Goodell will never be the same, and it's like like I don't see I don't foresee how it can come back like my close relationship with him coming back from everything that's transpired. But he didn't say it to his face, and I think we can all agree that we're we're big proponents of you know if you're going to talk shit, say something to the person's face, and Robert Kraft is likely to be even more tuned up than he was after the after the AFC championship and he needs to say something. He needs to like not accept the trophy and force his force Goodell's deputy to give it to him or something crazy like that. Because honestly like that that's winning hearts and minds, fellas. That's how you win is if you do something. Win like what? That. Win what? <laughs> What's he gonna win, win? hearts and minds? Bill, you're, you're really you're really leaving it all out on the field here. <laughs> Win hearts and minds. 
Right? <laughs> we're on the subject These are the of... Patriots. They're, we're not. They're not winning our hearts and minds. No, no, matter no what. chance. No chance. What? Everybody. I mean, like, let's be honest. We're all in like what? It, what? It, what's it called? Like, it's like a Faustian bargain, right? You know what I mean? We have to like to decide whether or not we want to, you know, root against Goodell, or we want to root, you know, and by doing that, we have to root for uh, this team that we've seen just like dominate the sport for such an incredibly long time, and it's really frustrating to see for you know for a, a league that just touts itself as you know parody and you know any given Sunday and any given year um it's a bunch of bullshit right and I think the Patriots are living proof of that and three three points here number one just because the Patriots lose does not mean Goodell wins so don't go thinking like that because it's not true true. false equivalence you're right number two point number two in my fuck the Patriots and fuck Bob Kraft bandwagon I can't wait for the for the biggest and best scandal of them all to come out it, and, and we talk about this all the time with, with Tom Brady taking below-market deals. I can't wait till it comes out that Kraft is finding another way to funnel money oh, to yeah, a, definitely. a sketchy company or blah, blah, blah. Because, like, of all the scandals they have, that's the only thing that could be bigger because it circumvents the entire CBA. And you know that it's happening. And probably not just in New England. Probably happening other places. But you know that's going on. So I can't hey, wait Josh. now, whether it's five, ten years down the road. And number three, point number three, one thing above all else really bugs me about Bob Kraft. Every week, it is the same goddamn shirt with the white collar and the white <laughs> and the blue shirt. Every week, get another shirt. What is wrong with you? You're a billionaire. Billion times over. Like, what, are you going to his closet and he's got 20 of those shirts hanging up? Get a fucking white shirt. Get a red shirt. Get a purple shirt. Who gives a goddamn? Fuck you, Bob Kraft. Get a new shirt. Hey, hey, Josh, I'll give you one guess as to who is providing <laughs> or supplementing the money to Tom Brady under the table. Who do you think it is? It's not Bob Kraft. Who is it? Belichick? Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, I, I, know where, I know where you're going with this. I know who it is. It's Donald Trump, baby. They're drunk. <laughs> friend of friend of TV twelve, Donald Trump. That's one of his his one of his business interests flows through Yemen to go back to Tom Brady. Actually, um, has have people? I, and listen, I have not been paying as close attention as I probably should. But have people been giving it to him over this stuff? Like during during the Super Bowl week? I butter. feel like that's a prime. That's a prime topic. So. Um, you'd expect reporters to on Super Bowl week and I give them credit for that yeah they definitely have and he's been you know pirouetting around around the goddamn conversation and look I'll, 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 I'll give a disclaimer on my personal beliefs one I don't like Trump two I don't believe that <clears throat> that athletes in general should uh, necessarily have to uh disclose or explain their their political or personal beliefs uh and i'll also caveat that with one these are these are different times and two uh more specifically to tom brady he was the one that made a political statement and look he just he put he put a make america great ahead make america great again hat in his locker not a big deal right that is a political statement so at that point, either man the fuck up and explain your political beliefs and stand by them or say, 
oh, uh, you know, it, like he's just my friend. I just put it in there. But instead, what he does this week is say, oh, I'm just a really positive person. I don't know what's happening in the world right now. Oh, yeah, Meanwhile, fucking there's shit. fucking there's fucking protests in every major airport and all around the country. And oh, I don't know. Go fuck yourself, dude. Like at that point, like you're a fucking coward. Like either stand up and 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 man up to your beliefs that like you like Donald Trump or that you support him as a friend. Like I can respect that. That's fine. Or say like I don't. I don't support this, which I would also respect. But, like, to give this cow, like, this fucking flippy floppy bullshit is insane to me. And it just shows that, like, he is he is either a moron or or a stooge or both. Oh, I think he's definitely a moron. I think any time, like, or most times, <laughs> anytime, anytime, anytime you see guys like this who are so hardwired on one thing, like, like Brady, by all accounts, is a football freak. He loves football, eats and breathes it. I think anytime you're that dedicated to one thing, I feel like a lot of times you know nothing of the world outside of that one thing. Like Brady, this is a good point. Oh, and probably then he, shouldn't, then he shouldn't hang a hat in his locker. You know to what? Make a political it, statement. He played not that I don't want to defend Tom Brady, but it could just be an elaborate ploy to hustle money off of Donald Trump on the golf course. That's like, also true. like I could. Everybody says like Brady and Trump play golf together, and that's why they're friends. Like I could see Tom Brady, like you guys said, being so sheltered that he just takes that hat and hangs it up, and is like, "Oh, Donald gave that to me." I don't know. Yeah, definitely. He's a jock. He's a jock. That's all it is. But here, well, here's the other thing that that hasn't been talked about this week is that he's like declined to talk about it or whatever. His wife put him in a box several months ago and said stick to sports gave the gave the typical Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless uh, comment and said stick to sports and don't comment on politics anymore so maybe <laughs> maybe he's just trying to keep a happy home you know happy wife happy life type deal that's totally uh, that's totally legitimate I can respect that I those are two that. yeah I mean if, if you were married to Giselle would you not try to keep that keep her happy I mean would you not try to keep yeah well, that, first that, that, that of all, if I was if I was married to Giselle, I'd have her introduce me to Adriana Lima so I could upgrade. But that's besides the point. Oh wow! Okay, all right. But those are two excellent points, though, Bill. I think that's a great point. Like if 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 Giselle laid the hammer down and said, "Just shut the fuck up about this politics shit." That's that's totally legitimate. And I, Josh, I think you bring up a really good point too. He, he may be that uh, much of a retard um, in, in the part to use the parlance of our time. Um, there, I remember this great story about Bernie Kosar uh, that said that you know after his wife divorced him or something like that for like the third time. I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> the dude used to like cut bread with a saw because uh, like a, like an actual <laughs> wood saw. Because he didn't like know how to use a knife or something like that. <laughs> that was the only like Jesus. He was like Christ. cutting bread with a saw because he didn't know how to do it. And that like no, but seriously, like that was like em- emblematic of like the lifestyle that a lot of these guys live. Is that hey, you take care of football, everything else is going to be taken care of for you. So so so, so Nick, you, there was a Cleveland Brown who actually won football games, but he was a complete loser in life, is what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so should, should we? 
I feel like we've talked a lot about, you know, the lead up to the game. What about the actual game itself? Eh. Fuck it. I mean, it's really just the sideshow, right? I mean... Yeah, right? But yeah, so, so, so yeah, so let's get into the game. I mean, obviously, I think I speak for all of us where uh, we're all rooting against the Patriots, right? Yeah. Duh. And, okay, so then, so bias is out on the table. Um, I mean, what does everybody think is going to happen? And let, let's caveat this with the Falcons are three-point dogs. I'm actually surprised that the Falcons are getting that much respect, maybe because it took me so long to respect them. Um, I don't know. I, I The Patriots' defense is really good. Um, I, I think – Keep going, but is it just just I mean, throwing it out there? I I think it is. You know, they shut the Steelers down pretty good, and the Steelers have a pretty good offense by all you know measures. I I think I think that Atlanta can hang with them, uh, but I don't know. I don't trust Matt Ryan yet. I still don't trust him. If they're down yeah. by with forty five seconds to go and one timeout. I don't know if I trust Matt Ryan to get them into field goal range. I, I want to, but I just can't. You know, my my bigger thing is trust at this point Matt Ryan in that offense. I don't trust that defense. And I feel like the defense of the Falcons, granted, they have been playing much better as of late over the last five or six yes, weeks. Yes, they have. Um, but it, I just get the feeling that, and this is, again, attributed to to – Belichick admittedly being a genius that he is just going to game plan enough to exploit uh, the Atlanta defense and like enough to win. And that that's really my hang up on picking Atlanta here. It really is. Yeah, but keep in mind the, the one thing that the Patriots really don't do uh, very well is adapt when Tom Brady's being hurried. And when you, if you can hit him, uh, and that Atlanta defense can get after the quarterback right now, I yep. think that's yep. that's a good matchup for them. The other thing is with with you said Belichick game planning, especially on the defensive side, his thing is to take away what what you do best. And I think Atlanta's got enough versatility on the offensive side of the ball um, that it might be you know they have good skill players, both of the running backs, a couple wide receivers. Um, and obviously Julio Jones. Um, no, that's I, fair. I like I like Atlanta. I mean, it's tough to look at the other side and see Tom Brady, probably the best quarterback of all time, uh, over there. But Gross. hey, somebody's got to beat him. Eli Manning could do it twice. I trust I trust Matt Ryan way more than Eli Manning. <laughs> you know what? You know what? That's a great point. When you compare it like that, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean Matt Ryan is infinitely better than Eli Manning and yeah then you're saying there's a chance um I'm I'm with you Tim actually and I I just wonder if this is like an overcorrection for me because I was obviously I was you know record uh you know as being on the on the show me bandwagon with Atlanta and I'll say that they they've really shown me like um they're hitting on all cylinders right now offensively 
the defense is playing the best that they've been playing all year. Um, and that's not, that's not even, uh, that's not even close to uh, a question about that. Um, I think this team is peaking at the absolute right time. Um, and as far as, you know, um, you know, those platitudes go, it's not always the best team that wins the Super Bowl. It's, it's the hottest team. Right. Um, I think that Atlanta has, has, you know, came into the playoffs, um, fitting that narrative. Right. I think they, they came, te- they came in in the last couple of weeks, just really kind of tearing ass and, um, really just worked the entire NFC on their, on their way, on their way to the playoffs. Um, except for the Eagles, right, Bill? <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I mean, as far as the NFL, the, the, the teams that qualified for the playoffs, that is to say, they're, <laughs> they're um, so yeah, I think they've been, they've been working them. Um, I, like I said, I, I, in a, in a moment of self-reflection, I wonder how much of this is on my part is overcorrection to having dogged them as much as I had, uh, prior. Um, and how much of it is, uh, just the fact that I just do not want to see the Patriots win again. Um, but I really do like Atlanta. I think that they can score a ton of points. Um, I think that if they can get to 31, I really, I think that they can get to 31 easy, right? I don't know if it's that easy for the Pats to get to 31 on them. And, and I think that's, that's my number. Um, I think whoever gets a 31 first, I think that, 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 that's the team that takes it home. And I think that, uh, Atlanta has a multitude of ways to do it. And I don't see, um, any one way uh, for Belichick uh, to really game plan. Uh, like you said, um, he could try to take out Julio, but uh, then you still have to deal with those two guys in the backfield that, that are going to um, be exploiting the fact that you, you've got uh, a cornerback and a safety matchup on that guy. Um, it's going to be a, a matchup nightmare for that, that uh, New England defense. Who I really do not think is as good as people say that they are. Um, why? Okay. why do I say that? Uh I think that, I think that that uh, specifically in the AFC Championship game, I think that they got uh, lucky in a lot of respects with um, some of the stuff that uh, that Pittsburgh was doing, namely uh, shooting themselves in the foot, turning the ball over. Um, I think that there was some movement there, right? Like you could see that that team was actually moving the ball, but they just couldn't actually get anything done. Uh, and obviously, um, it 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 didn't hurt that Le'Veon Bell went out, right? Um, I thought that Bell. I mean, I know we didn't really do much of a, a recap show of, of the uh, um, of the championship game, but I thought that Belichick had a great defensive scheme uh, where he was having his uh, defensive lineman two gap against uh, Le'Veon Bell because he likes to make those late moves. Um, I thought that was really great, but uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell eventually kind of like adapted to that, but then he went out. Right. So he was no longer able to uh, continue to kind of exploit the fact that he figured that out um, pretty early on in the game, unfortunately. So um, I I think that there there's some weakness there uh, on that defensive line. uh, And I think that their uh, linebackers are going to have a tough time covering uh, Devante and Tevin. So long windedly, um, I think that that's that's where I'm landing. And uh, you know what? That's. That's what that's what my head's telling me, and that's probably because that's what my heart wants to see. So uh, I'm cool with it. Believe me, I'm not. I'm I'm not. I'm kind of going against my heart here, and I think you're right. There's definitely an athleticism deficit there. Uh, but but the thing that the Patriots have in their favor, I I think that they are probably one of the better coached units in the league. No I doubt. Think, I, think, I think players have a very clear understanding of what they're expected to do uh, from play to play. You're not going to see a lot of breakdowns from them. You're not going to see a lot of mistakes. 
and they're they're certainly not the flashiest unit, but for whatever reason, teams just can't score on them. I don't know. I I I, I not only is Belichick great at game planning, but I, th- I think Matt Patricia is probably one of the better defensive coordinators out there. Yeah, uh, not even a question. Not necessarily scheme, but in but in terms of getting the most out of his players in terms of their you know abilities. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't write them off as much as I'd like to. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I'm not writing them off, but I, I just think that you know, at the end of the day, you you got to put your your money somewhere. Uh, give me Matty Ryan getting three. All right. Fair enough. Let's let's so, let the chips mm, fall where they may. One of the things I wanted to point out is Nick. You uh, you mentioned that 31 is your number for for the Falcons to uh, to hit. And one, I think that in in general, Super Bowls end up playing tighter than than we think. Like I, I think we can all go into this game expecting uh, a high scoring affair, but I don't think it's going to be that. I, I don't think it's going to be as high as as what we predict. Uh, and also, uh, Vegas has the Falcons Patriots as the highest total in Super Bowl history. Really, at, 50, at fifty-eight and a half, it's the highest, uh, the highest like total line uh, in history. And I gotta say, if we're talking betting, I would take the under on that because I think, I think at, at the very least, the Falcons are gonna end up playing a little tight, at least in the beginning. And I, I just don't see it being and like the the Patriots have been really good, but they haven't been like scoring massive amounts of points, uh, especially with Gronk out, that I just don't see them. I don't see 31 as the number. I think 24 or 27 is more the number for the Falcons. Interesting. Interesting. I I disagree, Bill, when you say that they're going to come out tight. I think that might be the case if they had, you know, a, a very precision-oriented offense, but I, th- I think that if I'm if I'm Dan Quinn, on that first offensive drive, whether it's one of their big three playmakers, Coleman, Freeman, or Julio Jones, I'm trying to get the ball out to them in space, maybe a screen, little hitch, something to just get the ball to a playmaker and, and let them try and you know get a little run in and, and, and kind of break that tension right off the bat. So I think that they'll use their athleticism to come out strong. Good point. That's fair. That's just I, I mean, I, I, won't, I won't disagree with it. I still think Bill's right. I think that over-under is high. You still think it's high if Tony Gonzalez comes out of retirement for this one game? No. <laughs> Although, did you guys – I know we talked about it before. Did you guys watch any dodgeball this weekend? No, I I unfortunately did not. Absolutely not. Um, I watched just enough to find out that Tony Gonzalez was the captain of the NFC team. Does he really get that much credit for like that run, that three year run in Atlanta when he did all that heavy lifting in Kansas City? Shouldn't he be an Uh, AFC guy? That's a good point. You mean oh, you mean like like in terms of representing the NFC versus the NFC? Who was the AFC representative? Jerome Bettis. Oh fuck your own Bettis. God damn it. Yeah, Tony <laughs> That's like the perfect one for Josh. I love it. Sorry, I know oh, that man. was an aside, but as annoying as annoying as the Patriots are, 
the, uh, the, the Steelers are worse. Fucking idiot Yinger saying, oh, give us one for our pinky toe, blah, blah, blah. That, that would be much more difficult to deal with for me. I don't know. I'm so glad the Steelers lost. They're fucking trash. <laughs> Mike Tomlin's not a good coach. Nope. Nope. That's Man. all I've got to say on the subject. All right. Well, I think I think we uh, we kind of get it out there. So uh, let's just let's just put it out on wax then. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking uh, Atlanta. So, Bill, who do you got? So are you are you so you're ta- okay? So you're taking Atlanta to win. Taking Atlanta. Give me the points. Bill, you're on the spot. Lock it in. I mean, I gotta go Atlanta, right? Oh, all right, all right. I mean, I got to. I'm I got to Tim. One, one hard. What's the what's the saying? Like one heart, one team, or whatever, whatever the fuck it is. From clear eyes, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Or painkillers. Wait, more painkillers. Pain yeah. Time out. Wait. Nobody even brought this up in their analysis. Oh, that's also very true. If you're high, dude, like you're gonna run through a brick wall and not even yeah. realize it. Yeah. No problem. I mean, I mean, actually, no. You're you're changing. Like I, I was over. I was kind of like. I was kind of just t- dipping my toe in. Now I'm I'm full bore. All in, the, okay. The Falcons, baby. Tim, All in. Yeah, Tim, I'm who jo- you got? I'm joining you guys on the Falcons. Falcons. I've been riding the Falcons all playoffs long, all playoffs, the whole playoffs, whatever. Um, so my heart and my head is telling me we're going to be doing the Dirty Bird. Oh, Jamal Anderson style. Yeah. All right, Josh. Falcons 34, patch 28. Tom Brady fails to lead a final touchdown drive, comes wow. up short on the doorstep. Wow. Ooh, I actually I actually really like that. I think that that, that could definitely happen. Wow. Um, Julio oh, man. MVP, but Matt Ryan will get it. So, so I really quick. hope that a ton of New England fans listen to this pod. I hope so, too. And uh, like, so, we are going to look like such retards when uh, when uh, <laughs> next week rolls around and like the Pats just roll <laughs> or something like that, and everyone's going to be like, well, "Yeah, duh, it was it was Brady and Belichick." What are you thinking? Yeah, but, like, well, so so along those lines, we we have seen quite possibly the most the most lopsided playoff games in in NFL history. Um, I have no, I have no stats to back that up, but that's just the way it feels. Uh, where ten of the twelve games so far have been absolutely atrocious to watch. Do we, do we think this makes up for it? Do we think that this, regardless of who wins, do we think this is a close game and an entertaining game? Well, here's the thing. I say yes. Like it has to be. Like it has to be. Let's let's look at the patch history in in the Super Bowl in the Brady era. They've got the game winning drive, the greatest show on turf. They've got that shootout with the Vinatieri field goal against the Panthers. Bill, cover your ears. There was the game where Donovan McNabb got sick <laughs> and put the Eagles yeah. to an easy victory. That was a close game. Then you've got the helmet catch game. Then you've got the second Giants game, which was also close. And I think Mario Manningham did something in that one. So we'll call it Plus, the Mario Manningham game. Plus, and then you have where, where that interception sealed it. So historically, when you look at, at this team's uh, performance in the Super Bowl, we're in for a close, close games. One. Close games. And... Hopefully, you know that you know that Seahawks win uh, in the Super Bowl for the Patriots got the Adam Vinatieri monkey off their back. Because I I, I was long standing in saying that 
the only reason why they ever won a Super Bowl was because they had Adam Vinatieri. All three Super Bowls they had won before the Seahawks won, they won because Adam Vinatieri was able to kick a field goal, and all Brady had to do was drive, you know, 30 yards. True, and, true. And that Seahawks win finally got that monkey off their back. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, they uh, they keep it close. Um, and that's either a testament to their to their opponent or a testament to to the parity in the league and that maybe the Patriots aren't as good as everybody thinks they are. Well, or that above everybody else. They are. For as awful as they are, at least they've given us, like, a quarter of the most memorable Super Bowls ever. My, my point of wrap-up here is the, based on, Josh, what you were telling us about uh, the Pats history – uh, Matt Ryan, uh, make sure you do your conditioning this week. Uh, wouldn't want to have you pulling uh, a, a Donnie McNabb uh, uh, in the fourth quarter. God so willing. please, please, right. please, uh, please run your run your uh, your over and backs this week. So um, vomit. Uh, so we got into a little bit of gambling talk. Do we got to talk prop bets? There's some crazy shit out here, dude. I'm looking at the uh, I'm, I'm looking at the list of prop bets, and it literally goes like 200 deep. Yeah, it's insane. Like, it's totally nuts. A lot of degenerates are going to lose a lot of money this weekend. And a few degenerates are going to win a lot, and that's going to keep it all going right in the next year. <laughs> that's true. So I, can, I, can I kick off the prop bets discussion? Yeah. So Please. so let, let's ignore the, the coin toss on that shit. Uh, the one that caught my eye, mostly because I'm a Luke Bryan fan, is what will Luke <laughs> Bryan be wearing when he starts singing the U.S. National Anthem? <laughs> now, personally, I would say uh, in an ideal world, he would be wearing nothing but blue jeans. <laughs> blue jeans are minus 200, and any other pants or shorts are plus 150. And I got to say, uh, blue jeans minus 200 is, is looking real nice uh, only because that I don't think I've ever seen a picture uh, of Luke Bryan or seen him in person in anything other than blue jeans. <laughs> so I, a, a couple reasons why I would go against you on that, Bill. Number one, what if he really classes it up and wears his nicest white jeans? Well, number one. Oh, oh there you go. Okay. And, Feel like you can't count out leather. You can't count out leather. Yeah, no, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're scaring me now, dude. Like I, I don't know. Don't. Know. It's an interesting we'll one. Bill, Bill, let's put it this way: Don't mortgage the house that you don't have on this. Uh, yeah, that's fair. You can mortgage yours though. I big time pass. <laughs> big time pass. <laughs> so, like, speaking of Luke Bryan, I guess. Uh, did you see the other one about? Uh, whether or not he'll he'll forget uh, a lyric to the national anthem, like will will he, like will he actually like forget a word? Like no is minus seven hundred, so you have to pony up a lot of cash then to try to even win anything. I mean, well, well see, I, I I'm gonna go with yes on that because it's it's not it's not a forgotten lyric; it's just an alternative lyric, you know. Take it easy on Luke a little bit. Oh man, <laughs> an alternative lyric. Okay. We're laughing. Think, we're no, laughing because, it, because it, it states forget or omit a word. So I'd like to know the, like the exact definition of that. Um, frankly, the dude, the dude is a national hero and a patriot. Okay, <laughs> I mean, 
There's no way. I mean, if he if he forgets or omits a word to the to the national anthem, uh, I sincerely hope in my first time agreeing with Donald Trump that he gets deported to Syria. You think he'll, Phil? Do you think he'll deal for the national anthem? Do you think? <laughs> oh wait, is that is that a prop bet too? Is it <laughs> no, will any no. player will any player kneel for the national anthem in the Super Bowl? Because I feel I like that should be. Colin Kaepernick will, except he's not playing. There is a prop bet on whether or not a player will be kneeling during the broadcast. Is well, it just a, fal- a Falcons player, player or is it like labeling a field? Will any player on the Falcons or Patriots roster be seen kneeling during the national anthem on TV, uh, on live on TV, live TV broadcast? What are the odds? Yes, yes plus two fifty. No, minus four hundred. I think you'll see a Falcons player kneeling, but then the team doctor will just shoot him up with cortisone, and they'll stand after that. Dude, yes, plus two fifty. That could be some free money. So, so here's my thing, though: is that the caveat is that it's caught on TV during live right. broadcast, and I think I think that's why. And also, I don't know. I don't. I don't think any Patriots players have kneeled throughout the season, and I'm not sure about the Falcons. Um, and if they haven't kneeled all season, I doubt they would now. Um, but I think the other thing is whether or not the NFL will allow them to to, to televise it. I mean, I don't know about that. Maybe maybe this is t- this is a chance for a, a Tom Brady face turn. Not like <laughs> oh my god, dude! A Tom Brady oh face turn, god. and he just kneels. Speaking and of ra- which, speaking of which, there's there is a prop that. And this is this is relevant. Uh, the prop bet is obviously the MVP. Who wins? Who's going to win the MVP? But who will the Super Bowl MVP mention first after he's presented the trophy? You have your typical uh, answers: uh, your teammates, you know, the coach, the owner, God, family. Um, uh, teammates and God are, are plus two hundred. But um, there's an, an, another uh, entry uh, on the prop bet sheet here, and I think that it probably has to do with who uh, – it's a little t- tip of the hat to who Vegas thinks probably will be the MVP. Uh, Donald Trump is listed at, at plus 2,000 um, for who the Super Bowl MVP mentions first uh, during his uh, presentation of the of the trophy acceptance speech. So chew oh, on so, that, guys. So, so real quick, one, I would take – I would take God uh, with a bolt to my brain. I think I think almost anybody probably said Brady will thank God first. If it, if it's Brady, then I'll then I'll thank the owner. Um, but Donald Trump plus two thousand. That's not that's not high enough, dude. Like no, you it's have, not. You have one person that would do that unless they've bet on. Thanking Donald Trump first, and they win the MVP. Well, it's like, not saying 2000. thanking; it's saying mention. So here's or a question: Either it way, by name, or can it be like the president? Uh, I mean, you're, uh, you're talking to the wrong t- guy here about those rules. Can I get? Yeah, I mean, I think I think typically, typically for uh, for betting, you got to say the name. Uh, but if you say like the president or something, then they may make. Uh, it would be like a call, like after the fact, and it, like like the books would be a shit show trying to figure out uh, whether or not it counts or not. Uh, so to your point, though, Bill, like a gun to your head, you gotta say team and teammates. I think God is God has got to be. Yeah, I don't know. God's God's pretty close up there too. 
I mean, God's tied for a team and teammates. Yeah, I think, those two are those two are easy. I think you. Got, I mean, I think you also figure. Uh, you know, most players are are somewhat religious, uh, and I think that they would they would typically say God. That's just my gut instinct. Obviously, team and teammates are 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 right up there. Um, I do think that like somebody like Brady would would thank craft first um so i think like this bet is like this prop bet is all about who you think is going to win the mvp i think wait is wife on the list is wife (laughs) an option no it's not it's it's family plus 900 for family that i think that would count oh yeah i like that i think it's the the smart thing to do is to shout out your wife first and foremost i know how many many mvps has brady won three has he won three so we, we have previous speeches. You could go to the you go could to the go, tape. go to the tape. And if he goes God, 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 then you know he's got this shit on autopilot, right? Yeah, but then you're then you're betting that he's gonna win the MVP. Which Vegas is too. He's he's plus one sixty right now. Vegas has got him at plus one sixty for MVP. Uh next uh most likely is Matty Ice. Um and timeout. Can we just say for a, for a real quick second, Matty Ice, we know where your nickname came from. Just fucking admit it, okay? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Just fucking admit it. Anything else about to you guys? Anybody? Any, any other of these props? Hey, Nikki, you want to you want an over under on the number of times Matty Ice is said on the broadcast? Oh, um, you got a line for me? Yeah. Uh, over two minus one ten, under two minus one thirty. Who's the Who's the broadcast team? Oh. Interesting. I don't know. That's a good question. Who is the broadcast team? If it's Collinsworth, I want the over. Definitely. See, I like, see, I like the under there, uh, and it's. I mean, it's worse odds, but I, I like the under there. Timeout. Is wait. Is Buck? Is Joe Buck there? Because Joe Buck will beat that horse to death if he's having a good game. No. And they call him Matty Ice. Matty Ice steps to the huddle. Uh, you know what? That that's also fair. Like, I mean, it's only you got to go. Well, I mean, you need three. His teammates call him Matty Ice. Well, plus, you know, you get you get one if if there's a critical late game drive where the Falcons need a score. Like that's good for at least one Matty Ice, right? Touchdown. Matty Ice. No, you know what? You're right. And, and the other thing you got to keep in mind is that it, if they say it twice, that's a push in this scenario. And I think I think you're right. I think you get it at least once if, assuming the game is close, uh, you get it at least once there, and then I think you get it at least another time uh, You know, over the course of the game. I, I think I would take the overall too. Yeah, give me the over. Oh yeah. shit! This is so the Super Bowl this year is on Fox. It's it's Buck and Aikman. God, take damn the it. over. Take the uh, over. Should should we get to the basket of deplorables? Like maybe like one last time for this season. Yeah, let's roll with it. One last Somebody time. else go first. Okay. All right. Who who's going first? I got one. I'll go, I'll go for it. Um. Somebody who probably should have been in the basket at some point this season, just for, you know, old time's sake to honor his late father. Uh, I'm putting Mark Davis in the basket. This, <laughs> this Las Vegas 
experiment uh, situation seems yeah. to be falling apart at an alarming rate. Um, it's kind of a sad, deplorable for. I mean, he clearly wants that team somewhere that's not Oakland. Um, but the team seemed to be headed in the right direction, and Mark Mark Davis is going to prove himself to be Al Davis's son by doing something stupid. Mark my yeah. words. Yeah, that's fair. That's that's totally fair. But at Mark least Davis. Al had like at least Al Davis had like decades of like credibility built up before he got like old and senile and crazy. Mark Davis has none of that goodwill. And he's got an awful haircut. He like le- legitimately looks like he put a bowl over his head and cut around it. <laughs> and you know he pays like two hundred dollars to a stylist for that. Yeah, like, he's got it. No, no way, no way. Got it. No, yeah, he absolutely does. Probably more. He's got to go to Jack the Rio's. Got to get that suave. Definitely <laughs> get their hair cut in like a garage somewhere. <laughs> they go get haircuts together. dead with Davis in public. No, those two go out and they get haircuts at the old barber shop where you can chain smoke marble reds in the in the seat. <laughs> That's what those two would go out and do together. <laughs> All right, who's next? Who's going in the basket? Who else? We got Mark Davis in there. Two words: Tom Brady. Yeah. So do I need to explain myself? No, fuck that guy. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I think we all agree that he belongs in the basket. Fuck him. Just personally deplorable. And his stupid hat. Easily, 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 the, like, one of the best quarterbacks that we'll ever seen in our lifetime. No, no doubt about that, but just a deplorable individual. Nick, do you want to talk uh, real quick, and maybe this, maybe this belongs in your basket, about how many former Cleveland Browns oh. are in the Super Bowl? Um, I can't believe we got this far and we didn't talk about it. I completely forgot about it until right now when when Tim triggered me. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to talk about that, but uh, you know, I think that uh, that's a, that's a good point. If you guys want, we can talk about it. Um, you know, uh, a guy like Mac. You know, that guy was a Pro Bowler uh, coming off injury and uh, clearly was not in, in the price point uh, for what this uh, new. Um, regime uh, was looking to spend uh, on a guy. Uh, it cl- he clearly didn't fit into their plans. So I can't begrudge him. That guy. That guy is. Gr- that guy's a really great center. So um, good on him. Uh, Taylor Gabriel. I still think he's a little overrated. Uh, he's getting a lot of benefit of the fact that he's playing around uh, some really good guys. And um, you know, I think we we hung. And honestly, we just couldn't afford to hang on to another receiver that was like five eight and under. We we already had like Andrew Hawkins, and he's pretty decent too. I honestly, I, th- I feel like they're the same player. Like you're going to get the same like replacement level uh, slot receiver from either of those guys. It's just that. Andrew Hawkins has to play with, you know, whatever it is that we're trotting out at quarterback any given week. And uh, Taylor Gabriel gets the benefit of the doubt from playing across from, in, in the slot when he's got guys like Julio and Sanu drawing uh, huge coverages and Matt Ryan throwing to him. So I think there's that's the difference there. Um, the balls are unforgivable. Is it unforgivable, though? I mean, like, he, is how great, how good is he, though? Yeah, no, it's pretty. It's pretty bad. They shouldn't have let that guy go. Yeah, they shouldn't have let them go. We can't. We can't rush the passer. Passer, like even like a young, good young defensive end, and you're just like, nah, we don't need that. 
Yeah, no, you're no, yeah, you're right. That that one I actually was pretty upset about when that ended up happening. Uh, Barkevius Mingo, on the other hand, I mean, is he even cracking like the fifty-three man roster for for uh, for these weeks? So the answer, you know, Dion Lewis is another guy. He doesn't count. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he was a practice squad guy, but everybody likes to hold it over the Browns' head, you know. For well, that, that's so like that's, that's like when it's like, oh, the Ravens had James Harrison in camp and let him go, and it's like, yeah, they did, but like, you know. He wasn't really James Harrison then, so exactly same thing. Gotta, with, same thing with Deion Lewis. He got like hurt, and then like they cut him and he because he was hurt. Cycles. He was practice squad guy, and then like go figure. The Pats pick him up, and like wait a second, novel idea, Bill Belichick. Let's put guys in the best position for them to utilize their talent. Uh, and there you go. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Uh, my deplorable though, um, and not to you know, not to take it down to uh, back to a serious level. My deplorable uh, and permanent deplorable is uh, Greg Hardy, who um, I, I saw today uh, is is applying for a reinstatement or something into the spring league or whatever. Or he's trying to get back into football in some way, shape, or form. Um, that guy can get fucked. Uh, that guy is yeah. an absolute horrific piece of shit, and uh, you know I'm I'm for giving people. Um, second chances and shit uh but you need to be like actually legitimately sorry you know and and actually like oh. have to be demonstrably feel bad you know for what it is that you've done and that guy in no way shape or form is in any way remorseful for the the shit that he does and and the and the, and the way that he acts and the human that he is and uh, and unfortunately that that's you know that's that's it's pretty disgusting to me. So, uh, permanent deplorable. Uh, maybe the mayor of uh, maybe you know giving Jeff Fisher a run for his money as mayor of, of deplorability. Um, here, is, here, is Greg Hardy. So Jeff Fisher, Jeff Fisher wishes he could be that deplorable. Yes, he does. yeah, that's also fair. Yeah, that's like, like that's... it's almost like you split from like like Jeff Fisher is deplorable on a football level and. Greg Hardy is deplorable on a moral level. No doubt. And obviously we need to hold more contempt for those that are deplorable on a moral level uh, just in general. <laughs> yeah, agreed. More contempt. Cool. That was basket, man. Uh, I think that that may have been – Was that is that the last basket of the year for us? No, we're going to come back with the basket after the Super Bowl. Come on. Last year yeah. we would have had Cam Newton in the unanimous basket. Whoa. Oh God! Ooh, the, we would have named the basket after Cam last year. All right, we we might have to do, we might have to do an emergency podcast for uh, post Super Bowl venting, depending on yeah. what happens. I mean, God knows. Yeah. Bill, where can they find us? Oh, you can find us on Twitter at at Bowl and Podcast. Uh, we took a little bit of a recess. Uh, to you know, acclimate to the new world that, that we're in, uh, but we're back and, and giving hot takes on Tom Brady and his infidelity and everything else. Uh, and then you can hit us up on doorfliesopen.com uh, to see our weekly post uh, coming out this Thursday. Yeah, let's give a shout out to Gen Pop. Yeah, for uh, for uh, listening to us uh, all this uh, this season, uh, we're hoping to bring uh, some more some more content your way, and and we're hoping to bring some more uh, some more episodes into the uh, into the off season. So uh, you know, as, as we as we see fit and as we as we need them, you know, we'll, we'll assemble the crew to to spit some to spit some uh, picante uh, some takes for you guys. Yeah. All right. On that note, fellas. 
don't forget, you gotta ball out. Gotta ball out. Oh.